Hi, folks. Uh, this week's content warning is, is mostly politics and probably a little swearing in the interview. Uh, it was funny swearing. That was the best part about it. Woo! Uh, so that's that. Uh, please be reminded that we have pets. You can hear the tiny, the not-so-tiny orange cat meowing, I guess, maybe. Uh, Turns out our two svelte cats were only svelte because Tiny Torty was taking all of their food. Tiny Torty turned into, like, a world turtle, world Torty before she... she, Uh, Well, she was a majestic beast, but uh, the, the problem is that Kevin, I believe, reduced their food by a third, and uh, it turned out that she was eating substantially more than a third, so... uh, I reduced their food closer to half each, and apparently she was eating substantially more than that. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, But dogs might bark. Chickens are asleep because it gets dark early. Hound might be up in my grill. Yes, you are. What else is new? And the final warning, which I think we've already started to cover, is we swear a lot. Yes. It is, uh, and and I was watching Ursula on an interview, uh, a live interview earlier, and I watched, I was watching the person who moderates the chat hitting, spamming the chat with the, this week's contains mature substance, or m- mature subject matter, and I'm just like, okay, wow. Like, every, every three minutes or something for a little bit there. It was just like, mature, mature, mature. Uh, did, yeah. did, were you in the chat for the dryad thing? Yes. Did you not see me say? Uh, okay. No, I couldn't see any of the chat. I okay. saw no chat. Yeah. All right. So uh, before we get into that, uh, hi, folks. Welcome to Productivity oh, yeah, Alchemy episode 174. Um, Ursula has just finished a live stream with uh, Marguerite and Alistair over at Escape Artist Podcasts. Yes. And it will be available on their Twitch channel. And it was fantastic. It was fantastic. They're, yeah. they're such awesome people and do yeah. amazing stuff. Uh, no. So, but uh, in reference to what we're talking about in the intro there, um, the moment you started to talk about uh, uh, possible spoiler alert we're not sure the scene with the dryads this is not in any book i've written this is just one that that i keep swearing i will write yeah my friend carl rigney and i came up with it like a decade ago yeah and i as the moment you started in and you said harvesting maple syrup for sugar i knew where it was going ah yes and i typed into the chat oh shit this one (laughs) and then i watched the horror on Alistair's face as you explained it. Well, see, I didn't get to see any of that because because the video was out of sync with the uh, the sound. Uh, I couldn't actually look at the video because I uh, uh, because I'm fairly hard of hearing. I lip read a lot, and so if things get out of sync, it just my brain decouples and I start. Uh, dropping every I, I start not comprehending what's being said because i can do one or the other but not both the two inputs just f- cross and fail so yeah no so the, was there good horror oh i'll i'll we'll we'll load it up later and fast forward to that point um and but it was also going through chat uh <laughs> as as well which was it was Kind of funny, but the look on Alistair's face as it slowly dawned on him the whole impact of that particular scene. And he's just like, children's book, ladies and gentlemen. I'm just like, oh, yeah. 
Yeah. That's that's a scene you definitely need to put in. Yeah. Someday. I come up with fairly grotesque things. I I I am Yeah. I mean, yeah. You follow anything long enough and apparently it turns into horror. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um so uh So how's your week been? Not bad. I've been uh plodding away at a couple projects for work. Um I mean, I had a little bit of a a skittish brain on Monday, but that's mostly sorted now. And I'm also starting to gear up for not just next month. Uh I mean, we've got the US Thanksgiving next week. We've got um, we're not doing any, we're not having a big no, family gathering at no. all. The, I mean, the teenager is finally returning from college and, uh, he's going to spend like two weeks here before he has to go back to work. Cause he's off until like, he's off school until like February. Yeah. So this is the only time yeah. we're going to see him for the thing. And he is, uh, both he and his brother who is driving him are have been yeah, I think observing he's, strict precautions. Yeah, and so I think, or I may be picking up Jacob on on uh, uh, what day, whatever day it is, uh, Sunday on Sunday, and then I will be sorry, my uh, notification went off and I forgot to set do not disturb. Uh, anyway, plus, the internet yeah. doesn't care what our you, you talk is, but, about yeah. that real quick because I forgot to put in my dinner order too. Oh yes, uh, so uh, yeah, he's. Uh, uh, his school has been very good about quarantining, and because of the way schedules are jumbled and whatnot, it's basically he's going to come here for a couple of weeks, and then we won't see him again for months. Uh, and since, you know, we have uh, been maintaining good COVID, and so is he, we are, it'll be nice to see, this is close as we're getting to family like Thanksgiving, uh, we are certainly not having a big meetup or anything nope. because that way lies doom. Nope. So uh, yeah, and I was I was. Uh, but he has to be out of the you know yeah, college and, and all. And I've I've been reading some things about how you can basically you do everything you can in your circle and the people you know, but never work on the theory that everybody else is doing the same. Oh thing. God, no. Um. So, because we want we want everybody out there, everybody who's listening to be healthy and safe, and you know to avoid the COVID if at all possible. Fortunately, uh, our buddy Shep has been part of a vaccine trial, yes, and uh, the one that is believed to have I think ninety percent efficacy, and uh, they are can be pretty sure they have not gotten the placebo because uh, Ooh, symptoms. Yeah, symptoms. Uh, this one will knock you on your ass the next day. Uh, swelling, heat, and all. Uh, Shep has been around the block enough times on enough vaccines to know what a milliliter of sterile saline in the deltoid is compared <laughs> to high. We've injected you with messenger RNA. Uh, yeah, and uh, and you can totally tell. I mean, obviously the placebo effect is very powerful, but uh, there. Uh, Nobody uh, is apparently manifesting mild fever and whatnot off it. So, uh, so yeah. Moment of panic when Shep yesterday was like, am I hot to you? Am I hot to you? And I'm like, crap, where's my no-touch thermometer? And then I realized the only people we've interacted with for the last how many 
weeks has been like each other. So I'm like, fine, put my. I always assume I can catch it from someone at the grocery store, but yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, that's that's the thing. But anyway, anyway. so uh, Lord willing, and the creek don't rise. Shep is uh, now has a reasonably functional immunity within a week or two. So yeah, which will be handy because if one of us does get sick, uh, somebody can come in and uh, you know. Uh, Clean up after us. Yeah, come in and bring the the fluids or whatever. Uh, yeah, just put the case of fizzy water there and the case of regular water there, and uh, check back every you know. Make sure we're not dead. That's really how I prefer to be treated during a plague. Anyway, if I get sick, I'm like, leave me alone with something to drink. Come by every few hours to take a snack order. And other than that, don't talk to me, don't look at me, don't, you know, I am just going to be surly and quiet. Which the first time someone is sick around you who doesn't know this is your style and is maybe, I don't know, curled up into a ball in excruciating pain because they're having a kidney stone and you're just sort of walking in and poking going, you dead yet? Time to take you to the hospital? It's a little it's it's a little startling, but you well, get used it, to it. It wasn't the it was it, you had had a root canal, I think, or something. Oh, the like root that. canal, and you were out of it, and I'm like, "You dead yet? No, I'll come back in an hour." And I don't know, maybe you expected me to fuss over you or something, but what what was I? I don't know how you fuss over someone. Yeah, I mean uh, that's like, that's the thing. Yeah, what, what do you do? Am I supposed to get you a cool cloth for your forehead and pat your hand and say they're there? No. Like, I mean, you know, it's Yeah, it's, that, I wouldn't want that, so I assume nobody else would. Uh I can make sympathetic noises. Yeah, that looks like it sucks. Oh. Ugh. That's yeah. a lot of what you said for the kidney stone. Yeah. It really uh, is, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, give me credit. I I did drive you to the hospital at like yes. 85. Yeah, which is way outside your comfort zone. It really was, and the Altima did not like it either, but um I figured it was the one time that if the cops stopped me, I could just be like, you go ahead with the lights and you can mm-hmm. tag me once we're done with the ER. Yes. And, and I was, I was very, very, uh, uh, wait, I didn't have to do much for nope. the rabies. Mm-hmm. No. I was going to say, I made sympathetic noises. You made sympathetic noises and you drove me to the hospital. Um, mostly because I'm like, you know, I, I, I thought it was funny, but I was like, you know, maybe I should have you drive me to the hospital just in case. I drove myself for the second shot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, generally, I am, I am, no one would select me for a bedside manner uh, for anything. My mother, well, whom I love dearly, I, I was like, Mom, you know, uh, we were discussing, I think, end of care. And I'm like, Mom, you know, I love you and will do my best, but you. You know, I am going to be absolute shit at, like, long lingering illness or whatever. And she said, oh, honey, I raised you. I know what you're like. (laughs) I'm like, oh, thank God. Uh, Yeah. No one accuses me of being nurturing. I have lots of skills, but that's not one of them. Although, I would like to point out on the kidney stone thing, I was way more sympathetic than Kevin's mother. Oh, well, mom. Who is a nurse. Mom, yeah, so... Mom's not just a nurse. Mom is a nursing instructor. Yes. And she's just like, uh-huh. You throw up yet? No. You will. Yeah. You you, you passing blood yet? N- no. You will. And Kevin's like, I feel terrible. I'm just going to go to bed and I'll maybe go to the urgent care in the morning. I'm like, 
I, 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 you had joint custody at that point. I called the kids. Oh, what? Stop touching the cords. Oh, sorry. I apologize. Every time you do that, my, my monitor flickers. Oh, I, I'm sorry. It's uh, not going to turn off. It's just, yeah. Cat, you're blepping and looking at me. Yeah. Anyway, I had took the kids to their mom, got you in the car, drove you to the hospital, and did not take any of this. Maybe I'll go in the morning stuff, which you returned the favor when I turned my ankle into hamburger that time. Yeah, yeah. So it it, it all evened out. It yes. all evened out. The point being that it will, you know, be handy to have somebody who's COVID proof in case of terrible emergency. But yes. Anyhow. Anyway, uh, so that uh, and. I think it's a good time to reiterate to make sure if you get sick, take sick time. I know it feels frivolous if you get sick with a head cold and you're working from home right now, uh, but for don't don't take chances, don't push yourself. You know, if you need to take a sick day, take a sick day. If your boss gives you grief because why do you need to take a sick day? You're working from home. Yeah, the key word there is working. Not from home. Indeed. You know, uh, there's there's a work-life balance and, you know, it's really, it's really hard to maintain um, when you're, you know, that first, God, I think it took me a year and a half, maybe two years to really get the swing of the whole work, work from home, work-life balance thing. Uh, and then I broke it on the next job I had work from home. So there was that. Uh, and the other thing is if you have vacation time, like for the first time in, I think a decade, I have vacation time. Uh, I, you know, have some very generous COVID leave as well. And I might take some before the end of the year when it expires, uh, or maybe it's not expiring, but it's not renewing at the beginning of the year. So it's, it's not quite use it or lose it, but, um, but you know if you have if you have vacation time and a lot of us do this year that's going to roll over into next year if you've got excess as we used to call it when I was a contractor at IBM uh use it or lose it uh vacation time now's the time to use it not you know everybody's going to be off for the holidays in the US but you know maybe take a couple extra Fridays or Mondays take a couple Mondays off if you've got the time just to uh, decompress it's yeah. you know everything it's, is a lot still it's know? it's cold it's dark and it's a lot Speaking at least of it cold is here and dark i am actually having some good luck with my sun lamp oh really yeah uh monday i woke up at like uh 10 30 instead of noon and yesterday i woke up at like 11 instead of noon and today i woke up at 10.30 instead of noon. Really? Now, I still, you know, I'm like, oh, I could go back to bed for a little bit. It's only 10.30 and dick around and set the alarm and whatnot. But now I am setting the alarm starting at 10.30 and, you know, for a snooze or like, you know, yeah. give me 20 minutes instead of doing it at noon. So I think it's, it is yeah, that's a it start. Is yeah. actually slowly cycling me forward. I was so. going to say you didn't come down for coffee until close to 12.30 because I'd gotten out of my meeting by then. Uh, or maybe no, that was that your was second, my cup. second cup of coffee. Well, then, um, had you just how long did you have the lamp on? Because when I came upstairs just after that finished, you had I'd the forgotten lamp. to do my lamp because I uh, sat down okay. at the at the computer to check some stuff, and then it was like 
40 minutes later and I was like, shit, I need to go do the sun lamp because you have to do it in the first two hours. Yeah. And normally I do, but I also like to, you know, I like to get a cup of coffee and then go back up and, and sit mm-hmm. there and, and poke the internet while the lamp goes. And so it was nice. Uh, it's nice. It's, uh, uh, it's still not quite there yet. I would love it to be, you know, I am waking up at 9.30 and hitting snooze until 10.30 because I can totally deal with that emotionally. Uh, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. It's helped, I think, that the last few days have been very sunny here. So, uh, the, uh, like, we have large windows that, uh, overlook the backyard, and we've been getting this massive, you know, sunbeams through on humans thing, which helps. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if the fact that I'm getting that in concert with the light is, uh, accelerating things or not. So, yeah. But, it's having a positive effect, and yeah. you're feeling the positive effect, which I think is, is wonderful. And uh, I still occasionally, you know, need a nap if it's been a day, but frequently I don't. So, mm-hmm. uh, Yeah, I mean, I am still being gotten up by the dogs and cats at 6.30 a.m., and I'm still kind of uh, staying up uh, because it, it doesn't make sense to roll back into bed. Because I know if I roll back into bed and there's a there's actually a chance I will sleep through whatever alarm I have set. I have done it before, and it'll be noon before I wake up. Or you'll be poking me at 10.30 going, don't you have to work today? Yeah. 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 Um, especially since today I had a meeting at 10 a.m. So, yeah, little things, little things. Um, I've been doing a bunch of interviews lately for mm-hmm. the, the – since the Hollow Places came out in the UK, and then uh, yeah. Alistair had scheduled this, which was unrelated really to the Hollow Places, but and it was more about uh, Wizard's Guide to Defensive Baking. But uh, uh, yeah, and I've been trying to finish this book. This book is like uh, should have been done at the beginning of November, but I am not beating myself up over that because life. It's been it's been an interesting November. Yeah, uh, no, it's not even just November. Like you know, it was it was. There are months of of lost time went into this basically, and I I have no idea what you're what you're talking about here on the what two hundredth something day of March. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so, but I, fortunately, I'm in the sort of end point where I'm just writing the end, going through, hitting all the gaps writing more in the gaps, you know, trying to sew up the end. And then once it's done, hopefully, probably not this week, but hopefully next week, it will go to my editor for, you know, and if I can just get it in copy edits by January, yeah, all will be glorious. All will be glorious. Awesome. Then I can write one of the other seven books I kind of owe <laughs> you, you You have planned for – yeah. And I'm already starting to look at – you know, we'll have makeup appearances and conventions coming up at least. Uh, hopefully, we'll be able to do them in 2021. But, you know, I'm sure a couple will be pushed to 2022. Probably. Um, you know, I'm already hearing discussions about things like Worldcon starting to look at do we really want to have a Worldcon in August? You know, so what based on expectations and things. So we'll see how that all comes together. Plays out, yeah. yeah. But it, it makes it a little difficult as I'm getting, you know, we're in the second half of November 
Are we there? Yeah, I guess we are. And I'm starting to think about things like, okay, what have we got coming up next year? What do I need to block out? What do I need to request vacation for? <laughs> right. And yeah, yeah. And we don't know. So, uh, but I did at least put my new month tabs on my planner pages for next year. Woo! I got my, my file of facts refill and then I got the, the Aaron Condren cause they're colorful. All the, like, it's like, here's the business one. And it's always black and gold or silver or golden or black and silver or gray and black. And I'm like, no, I kind of like the fact that they're the, the tabs from like Etsy and Aaron Condren are, are colored. I can look and go, Oh, right. The pink month is February. Uh, or, you know, the peach month is May or something like that. Uh, and I, I've, so I've gotten that I've, I've, you know, started looking at, at calendaring calendars for next year. So, I mean, I've already got my fancy chicken calendar for next year. So we're oh, covered wow. there. This like, is critical. I, I, I had a Amazon alert on that and ordered it as soon as it became available. Are you kidding me? I think I've had that thing since like August. Come on. <laughs> um, but anyway, speaking of things that you have planned, what kind of interview do you have planned for us? So this is an interesting story. Uh, much like last week's, um, I got an email from a marketing person, except in this case, it was a little different because it was the marketing person for a um, lay spiritual organization. And like, hey, could we do a guest post kind of thing? And I said, you know, I would love to talk to your founder and how she stays productive. And so Sister Kate, who is both founder of uh, this, this spiritual group and, and this is, this is the fun bit, a, they're running a business. Uh, they are the sisters of the Valley. Um, and we will talk about sister, or we will talk about that and a whole lot more with sister Kate right after this. I'm here today with uh, Sister Kate, and I'm very excited to talk to Sister Kate. This is going to be a fantastic, I hope, talk, uh, and I hope everybody enjoys it. So, um, Sister, can you introduce yourself and what it is you do? Uh, I'm founder of a New Age Order of Nuns. Uh, the name of our uh, enclave is Sisters of the Valley, but it's not because we're in the Valley of California. It's because... We, it's named after we walk in the Valley of Darkness, Psalm 23, because 60 species a day are going extinct. Our spirituality and our belief system is all around saving Mother Earth and putting Mother Earth back at the center of our spiritual practices. And we are obviously not a religion. We're not affiliated with any religion because to do that, we would essentially have to beg for money. And we support ourselves by making and selling holistic medicine. 
And uh, I, uh, when I got the request, I, I was, you know, just amazed at the work you're doing. Um, oh, thank you. When I did some of the, the pre-research. Uh, so you have several people there, and I know that keeps you very busy. How do you keep yourself and, I guess, by extension, the entire group organized? Um, we are. We really believe in transparency. We don't let people hide what they're doing. We feel like transparency is what killed Lack of transparency is what killed the Catholic Church. Lack of transparency is what kills most family relations and dynamics. Lack of transparency kills most family. So we just have a practice of putting other people in other people's positions very quickly and very rudely to sort of do a double check on uh, productivity and to compare. If I can do the job in two hours and it takes you eight hours, then by God, I should be doing the job. Or you should be stepping up your game. So we're a very small operation. We all can be in each other's business. We all try to leave each other alone to do our job well. But if there's ever, you know when productivity is low. Any business knows when productivity is low. You feel it. You, right. There's a sense for it. So when we do that, we switch things up and put people in other people's business to make sure we understand. And often just having somebody step into your job and look at what you're doing causes a productivity increase. Yeah. 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 Um, do you, uh, do you have any, like um, any, any, I, I, this could sound weird, but tools around that, like, uh, you know, like I've got a whiteboard over here. I keep like my running list of episodes and guests yeah. and things. Yeah, and move it around. Yeah, yeah. We're super old school about it. A list, lists of projects that need to be done. That's the other thing. If the whole place, even if it's not your job, but if all 10 people have their eyes on the same list, there people are finding ways to put wind into projects. I wouldn't expect my housekeeper, for example, to know how to take an orange tree out, but she does, and it was on somebody else's list, and she went and did it. So definitely the whiteboard system. Definitely mm -hmm. weekly meetings where we go over our progress and our project lists and see what got done and what's been laying on the list for a year and a half. Definitely uh, those old, what I call old school tools. Right. Um, one of your questions was like, what like tools are valuable to us? And I think that's what you're asking me. And I, yeah, I wrote yeah. down. Yeah, I wrote the, down two that are... What are the systems I, and habits? Yeah. <laughs> right. I wrote down two that are kind of modern systems mm -hmm. and habits and two that are ancient systems and habits. Because okay. we consider ourselves straddling ancient wisdom in a modern environment or using ancient wisdom in a modern environment. We consider ourselves straddling the off-the-grid, on-the-grid world because we're kind of tucked away and we're kind of cloistered. But we're also don't... We feel like every... Uh, intentional living enclave, everybody that went to live off the grid failed because you can't. It doesn't make any sense. You have to combine what you do. When we moved down to our farm, the first thing we did is build a Wi-Fi tower. We didn't want to commit, commit, uh, compete with the Mennonites at night at, for Wi-Fi in our farming community. And we invented <laughs> something called Mennonite corn, but I don't think that's really a thing. But that's what we used to call it when we couldn't get our internet until we put our tower up. But those, the two modern things are email mm -hmm. and dashboards. And I'm sure you know what I mean by dashboards. Dashboards into our customer service, dashboards into our store, dashboards. I have like 12 dashboards I look at on a daily basis. That means that the data is driven to my desktop. 
I look at a dashboard that tells me what the conversation is globally about us. I look at a dashboard that connects me to my IT department um, at the store, the customer reviews. So between email or what you'd call direct messaging and dashboards, those are our number one tools that we use to manage our business, modern tools. Ancient tools are old-fashioned calendar books, and we don't wait for meetings to communicate. If there's a problem, we have a rule that good news, bad, bad news has to travel faster than good news. And we have a no, we have basically three rules that guide us here. Mm-hmm. No surprises. Always be cleaning. I'm sorry. At the moment, I just uh, blacked out the third one. Someone's going to fire me. No, no surprise. Oh, I'm sorry. No contempt. I just blacked it off momentarily. I feel like I had a stoner moment. My goodness. It was, it's no surprises. Always be cleaning and no contempt. And the no contempt is really feeding the harmony of us working together. And the no surprise covers pretty much everything. If oh. somebody suddenly tells me that, our crop was a failed, an indoor crop failed. It got mites and it was taken out. My first question is, when did you know? Because our culture is you don't get to sit on information because we believe that the majority of small businesses fail because of owner procrastination. So we have an, a, an opposite culture, a culture of no procrastinate. We have to know things as they happen and we have to lean into the problem. Wow, that is that is like modern business advice on how to run a small business in like three minutes. Oh, That's thank you. <laughs> just, just flat out, yeah. Um, and and that can apply to bigger organizations too, especially um, I, I know that in the company I work for, we have a lot of uh, – we, we communicate constantly uh, so that we can at least uh, avoid the uh, no surprises. Always be cleaning is a little more difficult for us. Right, right. Well, that's difficult yeah. for us too. And we actually have housekeepers, so if there's anyone we fake on, it's that one. <laughs> but, but, but the thing, the idea that you don't wait for a meeting to communicate, you're communicating always, you're transferring information always. You, it has to be in this day and age, oh my gosh, if they don't tell me, I'm going to read it on Facebook anyway. Right. Although I've stopped paying attention to Facebook personally. <laughs> well, Facebook kind of dates me now. Instagram, where the world is. Uh, I, hey, my my wife and I are still all in on Twitter, so <laughs> there's only so much we can I can say myself. Um, but we we've all gone past MySpace. I think that's the important part. Yes, that is the important thing. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. Um, and so so with that, um, uh, the I guess the first follow up is uh, what are you using for the dashboards? I'm always interested in seeing new dashboard technology or even old dashboard technology oh okay so we use meltwater which is a danish company which if anybody tweets or talks about us or tries to sell a Mm -hmm. if there's any articles or magazines it's a news aggregation service and then i have a dashboard for our store which is run by 3d cart and i have a dashboard for square Obviously, there are our credit card processor yep. and a dashboard for our second international credit card processor and a dashboard for our shipping company, which is Shipa. And I'm trying to think what else um, I have dashboard for ships 
station, which is like the go-between between Ship Bob and our 3D card store. I don't look at them all. There's about five right. of them. I look at them and people look at the rest of them. <laughs> um, awesome. That's, uh, yeah, I, that another little, I guess, quirk of mine is because I'm also all about the information and displaying it in ways that, that people could understand that. Again, that's something the company I work for does really well. Um, I'm always interested to hear how people are doing that, uh, whether it's the old school, school whiteboard like I have or, you know, a chore list or, or whatever. So am I am I if I'm able to I don't know, does the call I'm on, does it allow you to share, screen share with me? Because I have a, a, I don't know if it translates to radio if you even bother, but I'll send it to you <laughs> afterwards. Yeah, I yeah, have yeah. a have a. Uh, and also, I have a human resources, a people management system that I kind of overlooked. I, I pulled up my chart to help me with this. Oh, there you and go. that's so I have a human resources system that has um, a dashboard, and of course, I have QuickBooks. And I don't know if you, I guess that's a dashboard in its own now, the way yeah. they developed it. Yeah, and they're they're moving a lot of that functionality under their personal side, so I'm seeing more of that functionality in, like, their Mint product and their Turbo product. Yeah, and I think that that's where I am. I keep having to spend more money at with them to get what I want, and I think that our <laughs> current plans are to get, like, our inventory onto QuickBooks. Now we're stocking different inventory locations. We never did that before. That's a science of its own. So now we have to get all our – so now we're having to up our QuickBooks dashboard activity. Right. And with inventory in multiple places, I mean, uh, just doing it in a single place for like my wife's art and books and things like that is its own challenge just in the house. Um, uh, there's a lot of logistics that go into multiple locations like that. Um, what I mean, how are you adapting? I don't know. I can tell you, we just cut over to Ship Bob in August. We've always done everything ourselves. But the reason why we decided to outsource is because Ship Bob will give same-day shipping. Any order that comes in before noon, it's out their door that day. And so we stocked Philadelphia wow. and L.A. to cover most of America. And the sisters will never give that good service. Part of our Part of our game here and part of our role is we don't want to be rushed by anybody. We don't, if we wanted that, we could go work for the man. This is the women owning their own business, and we're trying to do a graceful dance like our ancient mothers did in the castles of Europe or by in their teepees by the sides of the river. We don't see them being rushed, so we don't rush, but that's the opposite of good customer service. So we had to get Ship Bob to right. be willing to do the same-day shipping, and we just did that in August. It took us all of August and September to get the kinks out and make it work right. And now I don't know. I won't know for another month if like it's worth my money or not. I won't know right. because we just have to let it run for a while and then see how expensive it is. But we're still running our shipping department for international orders, which are about five to ten percent of our sales. And we're looking at opening a Canadian. We put in our paperwork to be able to have a center up in Canada ship for us. And so it's probably going to be six months before it all settles down, and I really know how it's working. That's and and that's I think something a lot of people don't take into account. They expect to turn a service on and know immediately whether it's working or not, and it always yeah. takes patience. Yeah. 
especially when you're reaching for big things. It's like building a house. You don't want to just take shortcuts and you want to let the, let the cement set in the basement before you build on top of it. And that's kind of where we are. Yeah. 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 Um, wow. That is, that is fascinating. So what does a typical day look like? I'm going to guess that there's there's like a routine involved and but there is. Like, yeah. How do you decide what to do first or how does the group decide or, or yeah. So decision making is made. That's what our meetings are for. Our comings together are for decision making. Like what are we going to do first? Like our last big decision was do we outsource the remodeling of a new house we picked up to uh, basically, we were under attack here because we're in the hemp business and our uh, lawmakers decided to make us illegal. We were legal for four years, but last year they decided that you can only be in the hemp business if you have 20 acres or more. And we have a small one acre operation. So they're essentially preserving the industry for their rich oligarchy friends who have you know, and we could see it. And so we lawyered up and dared them to shut us down. But in the meantime, we opened up a secret medicine making location. So our big decision was, do we outsource the remodeling of that place or do we do it ourselves? And our internal team, uh, you know, had to say why they thought they should do it. We have a groundskeeping crew and they're quite handy and they've done a lot of remodeling here. And so the things we look at, generally our decision making is guided by five factors. How important is it? How urgent is it? How long is it going to take? How complicated is it? And do we have the right people for it or not? Or that question, that fifth question about people, like skills, could be if I was making a decision about my own time, when am I better suited for doing this work? Because there's certain creative work I have to do fresh in the morning, and I won't take it on late at night. If I have to write a complicated article about something, I am not going to do that as the day goes on. So timing has something to do with the factor. It's, it, I guess that's a personnel and a personnel timing issue, the last one. Mm -hmm. So in this case, we knew that we could save ourselves about 10000 by having our guys do it in-house. But as turned out, as most things, yes, we saved ourselves 10000 on the surface of what would have been like a $35,000 job was a $25,000 job. But because the resources from here were deployed over there, we lost a whole indoor crop to mites because the boys were busy over there. That was about a six to 8,000 loss. So we didn't really save any money. And I, but I have to often just let my people run this stuff so that they learn because that's yeah. what we're about. We're about learning about business. And sometimes people have to live it to learn it. If I had it to do over again, I would have outsourced it and saved the internal crop. But that's how we live and learn. But our decisions make are made together. And sometimes you just lean even in a direction that you know maybe isn't the soundest for the company. Because that's what your people want. And they have to learn from it. And they do get smarter as we roll. Mm -hmm. I I. I actually like that you're giving, and you'll pardon the negative connotations on the phrasing, you're giving people room to fail. Yes, exactly. Because, That's because, what it is about. Yeah. Because we learn from our failures. I didn't yeah. get this smart from succeeding all my life. I got this smart because I did stupid things, and I learned to manage my time better as I got older. I learned to 
uh, block off time in my calendar and say, no, I have to do this. It may not be urgent, but I've been promising it to this magazine for a month, and I look stupid if I don't do it. And urgent things are always getting in the way of the things we want to do. And so it's a discipline of dancing between the urgent things that have to be attended to and the things we want to attend to because we know they're better for us in over the longer term. Yeah, um, I... I personally have always, at least mentally, not always drawing it out like they tell you to do, use the, um, you know, the four quadrants, important, mm-hmm. urgent, not urgent, you know, trying to find that important, that, that spot where I'm working on the important but not urgent and not the urgent but not important stuff. Right, exactly. Right. Yeah. exactly. And just bringing that into the consciousness of people that it can be urgent but not important. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and it can be important and not urgent. I mean, those, yeah. those things are not necessarily together. Yeah, and importance is often uh, contextual because there's important yeah. to you, there's important to the business, there's important to the well-being of the group. So you have to balance all that as well. Yes, exactly. Awesome. Um, so what else have we got to 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 talk about that. So what does your like typical day look like? Oh, okay. My typical day. My typical day is different, of course, than everybody else's, but everybody who works here, we have about 10 people that come in to work on this one acre farm. Mm-hmm. We make and sell in a good year. I'm not counting COVID year. I'm counting a normal year. We right. make and sell about $1.1 million of staffs and teachers. And there's about 10 of us that work here. I'm always up at 6, 6.30 in the morning. I always go for a walk at 7.30, probably two times a week. Other sisters join me on my morning walk. Um, I always stop working after four hours in the office because I want to protect my eyes, and it's a lot of computer work. Um, and I do either yoga or dance, and probably two times a week a sister joins me for yoga or dance, not the same sisters who walk with me in the morning, interestingly <laughs> enough. And then uh, there's an evening bike ride that there's many of us take that I try to do. So what we try to do is three times a day, especially if you're a knowledge worker and you're locked down from COVID. And in California, we had the fires, so we were super locked down. We We got more into this business of leaving your desk three times a day. We call it three for me. It's a morning, afternoon, and evening ritual of leaving your post. Because when you work at home, you can work all the time. When you have your own business, you can work all the time. Oh, yeah. And be super boring and super stupid because even our creator God is looking at you going, you fool, what are you doing? You have gifts. You have to stop and enjoy them. So we call it three for me, which is taking time out. Not all the sisters are into exercise like I am. Some of them take that time for a music lesson or for painting. Many of us picked up. Uh, musical instruments during COVID and all of that is fine. Everybody is on a flexible schedule. Most of the people, anybody who's like making over $16 an hour is on salary and not clocking in anyway. And then we have our newer people that are like 14 to 16 an hour and they do clock in, but even so they just, they can do it too. They just have to clock in and clock out. We value uh, we consider ourselves a knowledge-based company with all, mainly knowledge workers. And even our cleaning staff, we consider to be knowledge workers because I don't want to have to decide when we need new sheets. You decide when we need new sheets. You're making the damn bed. And so there's even knowledge and planning and, and bringing your brain to the table when you're our cleaning people and working for us that way. 
So my this schedule is, is I try not to work too much. I, I guess you get that from that. I yes, try not yeah, to work. Yeah, yeah. But the fact is, is when I kick off at the end of the day, I, usually at night when we're together, the sisters are working on either shredding tea or making sage. But when we're Netflixing and chilling, we're also making things with our hands. And yeah. we're all in bed very early. The young girls, I can't speak for the younger sisters because they're all insane. And they can go on no sleep like I cannot. So they often will say to me, well, I didn't go to bed till after two, but some of the younger sisters are still going to university. And one of the younger sisters actually graduated and works for the university. So uh, everybody who's here doesn't necessarily, everyone works for the enclave because we don't believe in free work. Everyone gets paid, but not everybody has this as the center of their life. Some of them are full-time college students. Some of them are full-time, have full-time jobs elsewhere. Fascinating. Um... Yeah, uh, I was, I want to go loop back to the everyone is a knowledge worker. That is profound. And the reason I say that is we have this tendency to only consider people like, uh, if you'll pardon this, me, who sits at a computer all day running, you know, running a large service or programming or doing analytics as a knowledge worker. And I think that we... By not by limiting that, one we're gatekeeping, and the other uh, we are dismissing a lot of skills and knowledge that happens. And we are. You're bringing totally that in. Dismissing the fact that there is decision making that's involved in cleaning out a refrigerator properly. There's decision making when it comes to buying our cleaning products. There's decision making, and they if you respect the fact that they're in a decision maker's job and that they have to have flexible time, you have to treat them with respect so that. They're always using the best of their brain. We don't ever want anybody. We have never have anybody work over eight hours. In our opinion, everyone's a knowledge worker. And that ability to be a good knowledge wanes as your eight hours into work straight. We don't even like people working four hours straight. And we are, we are uh, trying to create for ourselves an environment where we can all get to the six-hour workday but still get paid like we were working eight hours. That is absolutely admirable and brilliant. Uh, I applaud. Yeah, because you get more out of people when they're fresh. It's just real. It's mm -hmm. just real. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, even in my uh, – in IT, and I'm, I'm sure you've probably been involved with it uh, sometime in the past, um, we have a tendency to, if something has gone wrong or we're working really hard on something, to just – we push through we have to get it done not realizing that at some point our brains or our skills are starting to decline from fatigue from pushing ourselves too hard and all that stuff yeah yeah i i did work in corporate america i worked on with it in it with it people in banking systems and stuff and that made me when i went out and formed my own consulting company before i did this i would not hire all of my contracts were done with me hiring contract people and I would mm -hmm. never hire them for more. I didn't mind paying them a hundred, 150 an hour. That was the old days. Pre yeah, yeah. I didn't mind paying them well, but I'll be goddamn good. Excuse me. I'll be darned if I was going to pay them um, for more than six hours. Cause I got the best out of them in six hours. And then I sort of carried that culture over to the formation of the sisterhood. 
Yeah, and one of the things we've done in my business that I was impressed with is we run 24-7. We're an international business. We have services all over the world, but if something goes wrong while I'm the point person for on-call, we have a documented handoff procedure so that I don't have to go beyond my time because there's this big important thing going on. We have everything down so that I can hand it off to the next in line. Whether that's right, and we're Coast, working on that. Yeah. We don't, we don't have that yet. We don't have enough of that yet, but we're right. working on it. That was the point of hiring uh, outsourced human resource companies mm-hmm. so that we get everything. And we're, we're working on it. It does make it less stressful for everybody oh, to yeah. have things very clear, crystal clear. And especially knowing that, all right, it's my problem right now, but when it's time for me to go spend time with my family, I have... I, I can pass that on to someone who has the skills, who has the knowledge, who understands and can continue the work. I'm not responsible for staying until everything is done. Right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That's too stressful. And that's that's the stress that a lot of small businesses have. And they don't understand that the owner who's working all weekend really isn't doing his employees a lot of favor when they come in Monday morning to somebody who's all burnt out and angry because he doesn't know how to take time off. And yep. the the not in a knowledge worker land, like I said, my housekeeper can waste my money or save me money. Her mm-hmm. choice. There's a lot of decisions to make. Um, and in this environment, we get we know we get a lot in every environment from ancient wisdom. You get more flies with honey. So you know the idea of just harassing your employees or respecting your employees and not understanding that the latter model will get you way more from them. Because everybody is a knowledge worker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So that so I, I was going yeah. to cover off though a little bit on some of the other sisters. So Sister Cass, for example, has two yeah. little children. So okay. she comes in, she comes in at seven very early now with both of her children because one school age in order to set her up at her homeschooling station in our oh, shipping yeah. department. So that she's all settled, but then by one o'clock they're all gone because the other child needs her nap and the first child is done with school. So that's what I meant about everybody sort of creates mm-hmm. the schedule that fits their life best. That's uh, absolutely great. That's um, one of the things I hope to see more companies, large and small, doing. Yes, um, especially yeah. for families with children. I'm sorry, the children. They don't want to send their schools started opening here, but the kids have to wear masks all day. We don't want to send poor little Macy, who's been our farm, our farm nymph for four years. A little girl who's had complete freedom of the whole farm and grown up here with the sisterhood. She was yeah. born the year the sisterhood was formed. So she's grown up as a person who owns the place and we can't do it to her. So we're really looking at within the next year, hiring a teacher slash daycare person to help deal with the children because we now have four children on the farm. It's now starting to be worth it to look it into that. Yeah. And, and from the perspective of someone whose children have all left home now, huzzah. Um, uh, you know, I, I know, I don't know the same struggles as COVID. Right. But I, I absolutely, as someone who's been working from home for the last nine years, who has, you know, who was on and off a remote worker before that, I understand these challenges, even uh, a sick day or yeah. a day when school was not open could be, if you didn't have that flexibility, a major disruption. Yeah. Right? And um, 
or in in this case, not having them there could be a major disruption. Right. You know. So no, this is uh, I am. Pardon the dog. That's okay. Yeah, um, they're hounds, so they think that I think a leaf dropped, and now everybody's uh, you know going to come <laughs> through the doors and kill us. <laughs> Um, and I warn people, by the way, that uh, that swearing happens and that animals happen. So uh, don't worry about okay, it. Okay, good, good. Because I'm I, I tend to let things slip. I don't mean I was to. But... Going to say, my wife and I both have potty mouths. I used to be a New Yorker, yeah. so yeah. When people say, "Oh, I thought you'd be offended by swearing," I always say, "No, we're offended by children in cages. We're offended by the Patriot Act. We're offended by a lot of things, but not that." Absolutely. The whole world's gotten a little more real. Yeah. All right. Thinking along more real. Um, what is the, because we've covered everything else, uh, what's the best advice you have been given and or would give someone else? I think the best uh, thing that happened to me that made me, I was like a, a project manager in banking and for large companies for most of my career. And I think that when I started in corporate America 40 years ago, they sent me to a time management class that took all week. Honest to God, it was yep. like a $6,000 five-day time management. And when you leave that, you are a changed person. And I've looked for something like that for my people, mm-hmm. and I can't find anything. So I was going to ask you, if you know <laughs> of a good online course for time management, because that was the best somebody did to me, and that was the discipline of – and I'm going to hold up my calendar book, mm-hmm. which I have been doing for 40 years. Because if you track your time, you know. It's how I knew that I was working too much and not spending enough time with my children. And my calendar books, I would have lost custody of my children if I wouldn't have had my calendar book. Because in a divorce battle, he was trying to represent that he was the stay-at-home dad because I was the primary breadwinner. Yeah, yeah. But my calendar book showed that that I took the children to school Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and to church on Sunday. And, and the courts just swallowed up my books, and I ended up with my children. But but it's not about that. It's about me being able to flip it open. And now I know this has all gone online, but to me, everything's on the computer now. So I'm holding on to my physical book as tightly as I can because it's like the last thing that's not digital. Even my books are digital now. So, um, but the idea that you schedule something and you do it, there's a discipline to it and you, and you block off time and you get that thing done. There's a discipline to time management. And to me, the best thing anybody ever did to me for me was sending me to a time management class. And I, I wish there was more of that available now. So the, the one that changed my life, there were actually two courses and this was back in the day. Yeah, it was, Maybe the the first of these was over 30 years ago now. Has it been that long? Yeah, it's been almost 30 years ago now. Um, the two things that really changed uh, for me, the first was, of all things, uh, the Dale Carnegie How to Win Friends and Influence People course. Yeah. Right? That is like, to this day, out of everything else I've done, possibly the best on how to do good customer service. I was a tech support rep, and they put the entire department through it. And it was, you know, like one night a week for a month um, in the office. And it really shaped how I interact with customers and with other people 
Um, and I have hopefully, book, I have the book on my shelf. I didn't know that it was a course. Yeah, there's there's a whole thing with uh, with uh, the Dale Carnegie uh, Company, um, and while the book itself is now somewhat dated a lot of the principles remain the same. It's not like the one minute manager where the principles are, are mess with people's heads. So they think you like right. them to encourage them. Um, but uh, a lot of the advice in it is still practical, still relevant. And uh, just having that in a group setting where we could, you know, where it was sort of like a, a book group of all of us reading the book. And then the, the instructor or facilitator was sort of helping guide the discussion possibly the best thing I ever learned when working in customer service. And it has, it has stuck with me now. Um, for time management, the one that got me started, and I bet it's the same course you took, it would not surprise me, uh, was the Franklin Covey time management course. Did they sell a great big book with it? Yes. Alan? A leather thing that was, yes, that yes. was it. Mm -hmm. Franklin who did it? Frank Covey? Franklin Covey. Yeah, the, the Franklin Planner. Um, and I guess Stephen Covey, who wrote, you know, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, took oh. Franklin's planner and that company when they combined and pulled it all together. So you've got all of those seven habits, like sharpening the saw, um, weekly reviews, uh, the, the planning, the prioritization. I took it in a one-day course because we could uh, – my company was paying for it and – we had a trainer literally as part of our HR department. And she was just like, the company will cover this just if you want to come in to take this class. And so I did. And it was like eight or nine hours straight, uh, but incredibly valuable because, you know, as part of it, admittedly, the company was paying. So I didn't have to pay that extra uplift for the planner. Um, and right. Same, same way. But that's yeah. how they got us hooked. And that's what I want to do for our employees because that's how they got us hooked. We wouldn't have spent our own money to go do that. The company spent the money, and I think they got the money back in spades, don't you? Yes, I, I think they did. And a lot of those principles continue to apply to digital planning Yes. when doing my calendars. Exactly. exactly. Um, and then uh, the one that isn't a course I took, but I read the book and have sort of researched and followed, uh, another one that's been very informative is David Allen's Getting Things Done which um, introduces sort of the, the, the primary ideas I take from that one are if it can be done in two minutes or less, just do it. Yes. And if it can't, then put it on your calendar, put it on your to-do list, and, you know, you maintain essentially um, two. Yeah, two and you know what? Yeah. I agree. I agree because what was different between how you and I were trained 30 or 40 years ago, I think it was the same system, but I did it 40 years ago. You did it 30 years ago. We put everything in those days. You put everything on your calendar. Oh yeah. And a, work, a job didn't become task, didn't become a task unless you did. And then imagine I go out of the corporate world for about a decade and I come back to the corporate world and I'm working with UC students who are doing my store and doing all kinds of stuff. And they never wrote anything down. As I was asking them to do stuff, they were knocking them off. There was never yeah. a list. It was like you said, if it can be done in less than two minutes, they just did it. And there was no takeaway. And that 
that working with young people made me realize that there was a whole bunch of stuff I was writing down and tracking that I didn't even need to. I could just lean into it like they did and get the small stuff done and out of the way. Yeah, and, and the other principle of getting things done that has stuck with me is have a trusted system, a place where everything goes. And you've got that, right? Yeah. You've got the, you've got the calendar. I'll be honest with you. I'm using a paper Filofax right now. The Filofax the planner. Oh. Uh, yeah. Um, it's, it's a different company, but the same sort of basic principle. No, no, as, um, I'm, too. I'm, I'm not using those people's planners. I just yeah. got a different planner. But it's the principles, it's the ideas, yeah. it's the concepts, and it's the discipline because I told, I, as I tell my people, you can put it in your calendar, but if you don't look at your calendar, you're going to miss it. And we right. all learned that. And that, and that's one of the things I think I really got out of the Franklin Covey was um, because one of the things they talk about other than, you know, the prioritization, and I'm sure you've heard the big rocks versus small rocks yeah, demonstration. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and, and for those of you listening at home, I'll link a video. I've got – there's an amazing video on this. Um, but uh, uh, was – where was I going with that? Um, oh, was the whole idea around – and there goes the thought, like a little bunny hopping off. I know, I know. Don't you think right. that's what that's um, before. Big takeaway. Yeah. You, you and there was something else that you got out of Franklin Covey Planner. Uh, yeah. Habits, the formation of habits. Habit. Yes. yes. And and it uh, one of the things they cover is talking about what it takes to form a habit, what it takes to lose a habit, and how to, I guess, practice, build that practice into your daily routine, right? Uh, and so that, and that's, that's like a huge thing. A lot of people don't realize that it, it takes work to intentionally build a good habit. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You know. And that is what it is. It is a habit. It's, a ha it's so much a habit to me now that I can't move to I can't move to a Google Calendar or Calendly. I I can't. And they ask, me, and I'm like, you guys knock yourself out, but I'm sticking with my book. I like my book. Yeah, I can see it. And even I sit down. Uh, I think every like Monday with my book and copy things down from my Google Calendar and make sure I'm not missing anything. Um, right. From when I set it up at the beginning of the month. Um, and I only tend to write down like a month in advance because I know things change so quickly, especially in the time of COVID. So, right. But what you said is so important. It doesn't matter what system you have. It only matters that you do have a system. Yes. Yeah. And there are uh, some really good courses. Uh, there's one I've been looking at taking called Building a Second Brain um, around – that one is really expensive, which is why I haven't taken it yet. Because um, also my I, my company won't pay for it, so I have to save up to go to that one. Um, yeah. But the the whole thing around that one is teaching you how to build that safe that safe repository, how maybe to structure it so that it's it's easier to get through and to find things. Uh, you right. Know, um, you're so used to Google and going in and typing, you know, uh, find out or Wikipedia or whatever, find X and get information on X. But when it comes to our own notes or our calendars, we don't have a system where, where it's kind of like, well, how do I organize something like that? Right? Yeah, I'm, I'm having a hell of a time 
keeping track of shared data documents and shared data spreadsheets and things. And so at this point, everybody's nice enough to treat me like the old cripple lady who that they, they put links at the top of like status reports and stuff. But really, I keep thinking there must be a method for archiving, tracking, and keeping your links, or is that another dashboard that I have to like Airtable, and then I have to put them online Airtable? So uh, one of the things you can look at, and this has been valuable to me, is a lot of these applications have integrations with each other. Um, and if not, there are third-party services. The two I always recommend, um, and uh, one is is more expensive than the other um, is Zapier, um, the CEO of who and founder we had on the show a couple months ago. Um, Zapier allows you to take two applications and say, uh, like, um, if I get a new event on my calendar, send me an email. Or um, in one I had, if I put an email in a particular folder, add it to my phone reminders list so I'll get an alarm so I won't lose track of it. Um, one of the, but you can build really fancy things. I know uh, I've got something that like uh, we use Square when we're right. at conventions and selling art, right? And every right. time, every time someone charges something on on the Square account, it puts a line in a in a um, spreadsheet for me in a Google okay. document. Yeah, in a Google Sheet. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, so there's, I mean, it it there's a monthly fee associated with it, but. Um, Zapier has all kinds of business integrations and, and things. The other one that I really like uh, and have also been using for several years that recently introduced a, a professional plan is called If This Then That, I-F-T-T-T. And again, it's all about connecting different applications together. So, like, I know Airtable will talk to, I think, Google documents and sheets and things like that and we'll yes. talk to slack and we'll talk to all these yes. different things but sometimes those integrations don't do what you want them to do right or sometimes there's an app that hasn't paid to talk to Airtable, or Airtable hasn't paid to talk to them or whatever right. and that's that's where something like if this then that or zapier come in because they provide that glue so that you don't have to have yet another document full of these links to things. Right. Right. Um, and, you know, uh, full disclosure, this is the company I work for. The company I work for, um, Elastic, we base everything on, and we're a cloud service, um, we, we base everything on the ingesting of data and then reporting on top of it. And a lot of our use cases are, are, you know, system administrator oriented. There's there's a lot around you know system logs and and watching uh, utilization of servers. And we've got a whole security suite that uh, we've been improving on lately. But I've also done things like um, I'm I'm working out right now a way to take in. Uh, I'm type two diabetic, and I have one of those little digital things that will scan you know a continuous glucose monitor, right? Um, so I'm working out the ways to take that data to suck it into a dashboard so that I can just pop it up and say, okay, what's my trend for the last whatever? As long as I can represent the data in a way that can be searched, I can report on it. Right, right. Brilliant. I love it. I love all this. I love all this. The more <laughs> you this, 
the more I think we're becoming like the angels. I don't think the angels have to go through a lot of trouble to share their pictures with each other. And I think the more we learn to make our apps, the closer we get to being like the angels in the angel realm, what I imagine they are like anyway. <laughs> yeah, and as someone who's worked in the open source world for 20 years or so now, Right. Um, I always look for the solutions that are based on open things. So mm -hmm. um, uh, I work for a company that uh, our core product is open source. A lot of the glue and things around it isn't. And I can hear the open source purists out there screaming that Elastic is not open source. And, and that's a different discussion. <laughs> um, but um, anything I can get at with an open API or use open tooling around, one, um, I learn, learn a lot from it because um, it's a lot of DIY. But on the others, there's this huge community of people who are trying to do similar things that it becomes, uh, you know, like a group. Uh, uh, there's a, a whole communities around how to do X or how to do Y. Right. Um, you know, my my I have a home automation system. It's uh other than the like lights themselves, the light bulbs and the, the cameras that are watching my chickens and things, uh, all the software that's driving it in my house is open source because uh, um, it, it gives me much more freedom. And if I need to tune things or want to explore more, I have that opportunity. Yes, yes. I did not mean to be a sudden open source advocate here in the middle of things, but. <laughs> no, thank you. I appreciate it. Though. But I do appreciate the tips that you're sharing with me, places I can look for tools for training and tools for my people. Mm -hmm. Oh, anytime. Yeah. No, feel free to email me anytime with those questions. Um, okay, thank you. Yeah. Thinking of questions. <laughs> um, we have two final questions. Sure. And, and I call them the the sad but easy question and then the happy but typically difficult question. Okay, okay. Right. Um, the first is the, the sad but easy, and that is how do you deal with failure when you miss a goal? Oh, well, uh, we learn from failure, right? So to us, failure is part of learning. We did miss a goal. We have filmmakers that just arrived this morning to mm – -hmm. Uh, to film documentary filmmakers from New York to film us taking out our fall crop. Um, and we were supposed to have that house ready. It started three months ago. And because we weren't ready, we had children here today and we had motion here this morning. So we deal, we try to deal with it gracefully, graciously, calmly, as we think our ancient mothers would have. When we think of, um, our, our natives by the riverside in their teepees or our ancient mothers in the castles of Europe, we don't picture them freaking out because they missed a goal. I mean, it just, it's not what you imagine when you imagine our pioneer, uh, your ancestors or our pioneer farmers. If they freaked out, they, they shouldn't be at the cutting edge of anything. So we're at the, what we call the bleeding edge of an, a newly deregulated industry, the hemp industry. Yeah. And we think it's, it's, Brought with challenges just because we're pioneers. And therefore, we can't be freaking out when we don't meet our goals. We, and also, we're very ambitious people. We set ambitious goals because sometimes we make them. But pretty much every goal we set, we, we plan a two-week shit happens buffer. And so, right. like, Shabbat missed by two weeks as far as the start date. That was our two-week shit happens buffer. 
And no one got upset about it because we were within that buffer. Um, we try to, you know, we like to be ambitious, but we don't want to be crying or whining if we miss it. Cool. Uh, that is, again, one of the healthier responses I've had, I've, I've heard. Um, I, I personally am often the, I'm going to go in a corner and beat myself up for about 10 minutes, and then I'm going to come back and disassemble it and figure out what went wrong, person. Exactly. You're allowed yeah. 10 minutes to whine and bitch. That's very healthy. 10 minutes yeah. of whining and bitching is very healthy. But this is America after all. We are yeah. scrappy people. We dust ourselves off and get back up and get to it. If something breaks, something falls down, something didn't work, get your sleeves back rolled. The sooner you get in there tackling it, the sooner you can forget the misery of that failure. Awesome. And then on the other side of that coin, this is something a lot of people have difficulty with, and that is do you celebrate your successes, and if so, how? We celebrate our successes through bonuses and retreats. Okay. So uh, people really like to get surprise money. We believe in that. And oh, even yeah. if it's just a little bit of surprise money, like $100 in the Easter egg, or like, because we've had some rough periods. We've had periods where people have gotten $500,000 bonuses, but we've had periods where the $100 in the Easter egg is all they got all year and all winter. But the idea that people get recognized by free something. We also buy them their uniforms, buy them their clothes. The company pays for all that. So dressing mm -hmm. them nicely is a way of showing our honor to the people who put their labor into our endeavors. And then two times a year, going mm -hmm. on a retreat. And going on retreats are expensive and they spoil you because even though we let the world think we're praying the whole time, not we're not praying, we're having fun just between you and me. And so those are, those are reserved for the people who really put their shoulder to the wheel, that everybody doesn't get invited every time. It's a special thing, and it is based on uh, who's who's working hard. And if, if people are slacking off, they're not going to get invited, and they know it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we do two company all hands typically a year where we get the entire company together, and we can't this year uh, for obvious reasons. Right. And you know, I that time away where we're there focused on the business, but it's fun. Like we were in Tor like the entire engineering group from all over the world was in Toronto last year. And so there was a mix of, yes, we're talking about the technology we're building and using and improving, but we're also like field trips to Tim Hortons because who's, you know, because we've yeah. never been to Tim yeah. Hortons or, yeah, or, um, Oh, Timbits. Um, you know, or there's this great um, tabletop game bar restaurant in downtown Toronto that I would have never known about if, you know, uh, someone who was who lives in that area was like, hey, let's all just go right. um, as part of this uh, part of this thing. And, yeah, the, the company might have bought us all dinner that night, you know. Uh, well, the company would buy us dinner no matter what. So, but that's that's the whole idea. Yeah, that getting away that retreat time, whether you're spending it on business or spiritual or just having fun, getting away and and not and blowing off steam and laughing together. When you're all working oh, yeah. all together, you need that, and it's so important to us. And we actually did do it during COVID, but there's only like 20 of us with spouses and everybody. And yeah. we went we went to a town that had no one in it and no cases of COVID. 
and we took over a little hotel that only had like 10 or 12 rooms and yeah. we spent our time at a lake and at the mountain and within the woods. And it, but just the idea that we all get to know each other and spend time together kind of outside of the, the grind. Yeah. And, Very and, important. Uh, as, as we call it, there's, there's the part of the conference where we're in our meetings all day. And then there's the bar con at night, which is where a lot of things actually happen. Most of it, you know, learning how, learning about your coworkers, learning about the people uh, you don't normally get to spend time with as part of the job and, and that bonding is a huge, huge thing. Yes, it is. It makes us all feel more like family and family has to learn to forgive each other's, uh, you know, you know, quirks or failings and, and honor each other for who we are. And I see that every time we do that, it just cements our march. We march more together, more in tune and more together. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, no. Um, or as, as I suppose the kids these days say, hard agree. <laughs> um, so that's all the questions um, I've got predefined. Is there anything you want to talk about with our listeners? No, but I'm definitely going to go look up your company and some of these tools that you gave me. And I appreciate <laughs> I really be, appreciate being included in this because productivity is really important. It's not important to just businesses. It's important to people's self-respect. We, uh, we, you know, we have a rule that everybody has to make bed before they leave in the morning because it's a thing of you already start your day by accomplishing something. And accomplishment is tied so much to our self-respect. And it can be very challenging if you've had no training on organization or you don't know where to go for tools. It can be very hard for people. People have business degrees and so forth. We get exposure to it, but you're, your average guy doesn't. And that's where I was asking about the tools because I want, I think the average guy now is a knowledge worker, the average cleaning person, and they have a right to know about these tools too. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, cool. Uh, so where can we find out about oh, uh, the sisters and your products and all that online? Okay. Sistersofthevalley.org. That's all you got to go to our sistersofthevalley.org. Down on the bottom right, it's got our blogs and our FAQs, and and uh, there's a, a tab at the top saying our story, and that's where you meet most of the sisters. There's a picture and a description of each of us that are running the enclave, from Sister Rosa to Den in Denmark, Sister Maria in New Zealand, um, and Sister Sophia north of us. And the ones that are heading the enclaves are all listed on our store. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And that also links to the store and... Yes, the store to buy our... Our very healing products, they're in the same place. Awesome. Yeah, no, I uh, I have recently, now that it's decriminalized in my state, uh, I have, you know, started using targeted uh, doses of CBD for certain things, and it can be very beneficial. So, what state are you in? I thought you were in California. You're not in California? No, I'm in North Carolina. I'm on the East Coast. Oh, Coast. you're in North Carolina. Okay, okay, wonderful. Yeah. Okay, well, very good. We we ship around the world. We ship everywhere. But I um and uh anyway, and our our number one top seller is our topical salve, and people are using it for migraines and for they're using it on their pets. They're using it on their toothaches. Um, we are real. We put it out there as experimental. We were aiming for a joint and muscle pain relief, but people mm-hmm. found a wide range of uses for it that are shocking to us. 
um, sometimes. Like, I never thought people would give up their sleeping pills for a topical salve that they rub on their temples, but that's what people are doing. I, I was going to say my, my 20 milligram uh, CBD gummy worm nightly puts me right out. So, yeah. Yeah, see, sleep and sleep. I, sleep should be in our list of productivity things. Sleep oh, yeah. is important to productivity. Sleep should have been in our conversation because if you don't sleep well, you're not, you don't have a chance with all these tools. And there's and there's a whole discussion now on on um, sleep habits and um, what's the sleep sanitation? Yeah. Um, where you know because there the studies are coming out that the, the, your devices, uh, the the LEDs behind them, they emit a kind of blue light that keeps your brain moving. And so yeah. if if you yeah. don't like start that shutdown an hour or so early. If you just like turn off your device and like, okay, I'm going to go to sleep now. You won't get a good sleep because it'll take you longer. Exactly. To sleep. Yeah. I mean, there's, there, there's a whole. Yeah, it's interesting. You say that because we're all, we've all returned to reading hardcover books in our beds at night for that very <laughs> for the studies. Like all of us were kind of on Kindle. We're very technology girls. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we've all kind of reverted to some old ways at bedtime because we were taking our tablets into bed and we were falling asleep with our phones and tablets in bed. And then you whine that you're not sleeping and you find out, well, you've got stuff zapping all around you. Like, is that what you meant by the pollution sort of? No, there's, so there is a particular blue phase of light. Uh, It's a, a blue wavelength of light that is common in a lot of these devices from the lights and the screens. Like especially the 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 new smartphone screens and your laptop screens and things like that that um, is detrimental to sleep um, wow. in general. Um, yeah, there there have been studies on this, and so the whole idea is these blue lights. Um, uh, you you need to start getting away from those devices like an hour ahead of time so that your brain can calm down from all of that. Um, right. Right. Like, if I use my iPad, the Kindle app on my iPad, then yes, it absolutely, it it's, bum, you know, because it's that white or even the off-white, it's still that same, um, um, wow. that's some of that wavelength of light. If I use my paper white, which is the e-ink and completely black and white and a whole different lighting system, it doesn't impact me the same way because it's a different kind of light. Ah, um, okay. But yeah, we, we also have the problem where, like, the TV has a little red light on it all the time or, uh, you know, my, the, the led to tell me that there's power to my charging station. It's blue and it's on all the time and it is stupid bright. Right. Right. So I put that in a cabinet. Now I have a a spot next to my bed where I can plug everything and then, and sort of close the door. It's not soundproof. So I'll still hear my alarm. Right. Right. It's not shining that light in my face all night long. Right, right, right. Yeah, I get yeah. it. I get it. I completely get it. And sleep is so important. It's like a multi-billion dollar, seven billion dollar industry or something in America. People are taking pills and we should be looking at these other things. I, One of the best things we did this year, and boy, was not a struggle to improve our sleep, was change our mattress. Right? You yes. have no idea what a big difference your mattress makes in how you sleep. Yes. You know, or the right pillow. I, or Yes. Having All that space, stuff. yeah. <laughs> Having enough space yes. for three cats and two hound dogs. Uh, <laughs> right, that too. <laughs> okay, well, um, I guess we're done, huh? Yeah, 
Yeah, no, thank you so much for taking this time out. It's been absolutely wonderful and fascinating. And very nice talking to you. And send me the link, please, when you know this is going to be aired so we can all gather around and watch it together. Uh, listen, we've, we're audio only, so old school radio style. <laughs> uh, absolutely. Thank you so much. Okay, um, thank you. Really nice talking to you, Kevin. And for the Have people at home, yeah, we'll be right back after this. gotta say i had a blast talking to sister kate and i'm hoping i get to talk to her again in the future it was a lot of fun uh especially when talking about how you know straddling the the modern and the uh uh you know both off-grid and on-grid living situation and uh, how uh, keeping everything organized and more importantly how to how to like bring the rest of the sisters uh maybe give them some skills as well so yeah, a lot of fun. And uh, so that brings us to our badge code. Our badge code this week, because they are sisters, the Sisters of the Valley, and they uh, chose their name based on Psalm 23. It's Psalm 23 is our, all one word, no spaces. Um, and so that will be our badge code for this week. Are you going to tell them about badge codes or you're just going to nod? Oh, uh, sorry. <laughs> you want to find out more about badge codes, what they are, how to uh, activate them, all that good stuff, you can go to the website, productivityalchemy.com, look that up and find all sorts of cool stuff. You can also find links to the show notes. And if you so desire ways to support the show, although, as we usually say, we mm -hmm. are currently doing great. So do not, I mean, if you want to give us money, we won't stop you, but we would much rather you give it to a food bank. Uh, the, as we start to hit the holidays, you know, food mm. banks, and there are extremely long lines for food banks these days. Oh, yeah. Some of the backups in Texas have gone on for miles. If you've seen photos, uh, I am sure there is need near where you are too. So yes, if you want to help us, tell your friends about us. If you want to help the world, give money to food banks. And I'm gonna I'm going to put a link to um, there's a, an organization that does that basically here's how you find your local food bank. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna put that link on as our um, as our charity spotlight for this week. Cool. Yes. Um, and I kind of like you know I kind of like this whole let's um, you know let's do a charity thing uh every week and even if we become ourselves our own most touted charity um <laughs> i'd still like to do it because i think it's important and uh, there's uh i mean uh, i tend to go back to a lot of the same orgs over and over again yeah, so yeah. you know they'll be undoubtedly repeats i'm always going to be uh you know agitating for native seed search and alongside wild and stuff but yeah. definitely find uh find a food bank near you mm -hmm. and uh 
if you can. And if you can't, you know, yep. these things happen. It's fine. We're it's all fine. doing our best. I'm sure. I'm sure there are worthy causes that you can you can help out. Yes. Yeah. Oh, for a second there, I thought Shaw jumping up on my desk had hit a key and stopped recording. He has not. Good, good. Good. But so, kittens are sort of sort of uh, uh, flooding your desk right now, so maybe we should wrap this up. Yes. Well, Orange Cat has taken over the warmest spot on my desk, which is my laptop. And so, and the kittens are, are restless. They've slept all day. Now it's time for them to be rambunctious until they don't sleep all night. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. Our favorite time of night when the kittens are not sleeping. Kitty and, parkour time. Yeah. I just wish they'd stop using, like, my butt as an obstacle. There, there is a, a lovely moment. Uh, usually, when I finally come to bed at like two, two thirty, uh, you've been asleep for a while. Yeah. I've been reading a book, and I get up to go to the bathroom one last time and look. And usually, Shaw is just sacked out on some <laughs> part of you, frequently hugging you with his little paws. Oh, and uh, I don't know about the hugging. Yeah, like he'll be on his side, and I'll have one paw stretched up as high as he can go over your butt or something. Or, you know, your knee, and then I will uh, uh, look closer because I can see Shaw because he's black and white. And then Hobbs, who is much more camo, uh, is yeah. usually right there as well. Uh, once the other day, I caught uh, Hobbs as the sandwich between Shaw and Hound. Hobbs was so happy. Oh, so happy. Yes, they were all, all three of them tuckered out. It was adorable. Hobbs loves Hound. Hound is, um, Hound is patient. And and on more than one occasion, I have rolled over in the morning when the dogs start making noise and put my face right into, like, gotten a face full of Sergi back. Oh, yeah. Well, Sergi, you know. Yeah. Sergi believes he sleeps next to your head, and that is where he sleeps. That is where he sleeps, so. All right, everybody. Ah, kitten in my lap. There you go. Uh, yes. Hi. You used your claws to pull yourself up. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's time to, to trim their front claws. So y'all have a good week, I guess. Um, you know, hopefully, uh, as you are, if you're in the U.S. and you're planning a holiday, you're planning a socially distant from everybody else holiday. And look at it this way. I pretty much every major family holiday, I have always secretly wanted to spend it at home playing video games. I'm going to guess I'm not the only one out there, so <laughs> now's your chance. Now's your chance. All right. Um, so good luck. Uh, have a good week, everyone, and uh, do your best to stay productive. Whatever that looks like in this, you know, exploding hellscape. But only for, like, another month, two months, maybe. I mean, there'll still be some explosions. It won't automatically, it won't, you know. But look, the point is, do your best. Hang in there. That counts as being productive. Fair enough. Explosions. <laughs>